What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show with me, Sean Sheehan, on Shardog.com. But today I'm joined by a great man, Harry Powell, for a little bit of a different podcast. And we'll break the fourth wall here a little bit because we're recording this um, oh, no, about a week early, a little bit more. Um, I mean, Harry, I, I actually asked Harry a week ago. Will he come on and do this podcast with me? Because it's kind of a, I think it's a thing we've been kind of talking about recently and we're like, oh yeah, we, we need to do this podcast. And we, or maybe that was just in my own mind, but that that's how I like to hear it going anyway. Um, and it is a preview for the upcoming UFC. Is it 294, I believe? Uh, or 293, I'm not sure, whatever it is. Uh, fight between Islam Makachev and now Alexander Volkanovsky. And it initially was... Obviously, Islam Akasha versus Charles Oliveira. And what we were going to do is, obviously, the lads are doing the, the breakdown of it and all, and we're not stepping door to those those. They're doing the, the whole breakdown of the whole card. But what we're doing here is a look at rematches. And with that fight maybe at the, the far end of the rematches, now it was supposed to be one rematch, it is a different rematch. And it actually changes the conversation that I was thinking about having, I think, because it's, it's added in another layer for me. Uh, and we will get into all of that. But Harry, thank you very much for uh, for having me here. There's three things I want to talk about with rematches, Harry. Um, the technical side, which I think is is the most important. The mental side, which I think is massive as well. But the physical side, right? So this is the part I've kind of added in since the. And maybe we'll start with with the with the Volkanovski Oliveira. Maybe we'll go off of it and then maybe we'll get back to it the physical side of rematches sometimes is something we don't really think about an awful lot like a lot of these rematches when they do happen they happen six months from when the last one happened or three months from when the last one happened and there is the cuts the bruises the injuries and like with Volkanovski coming into this one against Makachev I look up his Instagram and two weeks ago he still had that heavily strapped arm you know he had the surgery not too long ago um and I just that part of it, and and maybe it's maybe it's it's very specific for this matchup, but it is often something like I was even thinking, and I'm uh, I'm into uh, I'm into texting him yesterday, but like Peter Queeley when he got that injury the the other uh, the other week, it's like you know we saw the injury happening, but like has anyone checked in on him or has anyone like you know and that's the thing you've talked about an awful lot and I think you actually have had lads on and, and done that podcast with him and stuff so from someone from that point of view is that a part of it like when we're getting into rematches when we're uh, an analyzing rematches that we kind of just forget that we don't delve into enough the actual physical side of the first match and whether it's the physical side in terms of the actual injuries or everything like that but also the physical side of what just happened in that and how it maybe affects you mentally which we'll get to later on so i think forget rematches for a second just in fighting full stop we forget that these people are humans and their bodies break just like our bodies break right and so when we we get wrapped up into the fanfare of a fight. We get wrapped up into the the marketing and the media and all of these portions of promotion that we fall in love with. Very few people, when the, the news broke last night, as we're recording right now, but the other day that Alexander Volkanovsky was stepping in on short notice to replace Charles Oliveira, not one person on Twitter did I see say, not sure, but didn't he just have surgery like three days ago? 
Everything was, oh, the set of stones on Volkanovski. Fair play to Makachev for taking a fight on short notice. Like, this is an unbelievable rematch. Can't believe we're getting to see it right now. A couple of people saying they'd preferred Gamrot because that was going to be his his position. Some people lamenting Paul Charles Oliveira for such an horrendous cut so close to the fight. All of these things. And so we're able to pass Charles Oliveira having an injury. And so we can think of him in a human form. But when we look at somebody like Alexander Volkanovsky, who looked essentially superhuman in the first fight, it's very difficult for us then to pass that he could be walking into this injured. He could be walking into this far less than 100%. Now there's an element with which we can and have said many, many times that fighters very rarely, I shouldn't say never, but very rarely go into fights 100%. But if we think, and I'm sure we're going to pull this this specific example, but when we look at Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo, who had 700 fights in the space of about three weeks, very rarely did we talk about, until I think it was the third or maybe even the fourth, I can't quite remember, but we didn't talk about, well, what about a weight cut? Like, What about the damage taken from camp? What about when you look at them and they fought for 50 minutes, and you have 50 minutes of tape of them together, you say, shit, these lads aren't that far apart. Like they're really not that far apart. How do we split them? Well, we split them based on potentially some of the physical attributes that they come into the fight with. One fighter had a really, really good weight cut. The other one didn't. One had a bit of a banged up knee in camp. The other one didn't. One of them took a bit of a concussion in camp. The other one didn't. All of these things parlay into performances on fight now, whether that's rematches or otherwise. And another part of that is obviously the notice in which you get the fight as well. Like for Volkanovski, it's going to be a physical issue. For Makachev, it's going to be more a technical issue, obviously preparing for one person. And now he's going to have to prepare for someone who is literally like the complete opposite almost of of that fighter. Um, And we will probably jump back to that part of it when we talk more about the specific matchup uh, towards the end of this. But I do want to talk uh, talk about the tactical part because that's... That's the meat and bones of this. And um, what I did, I, I did something unusual because we, we, we just kind of have discussed this and we were like, we, we're going to maybe pull out a few examples and discuss the art of the rematch rather than this specific rematch itself. And uh, do you know what I did? And I, I've never done this before, but I went back and I listened to some of my podcasts after the rematch. So I listened to the the. The last Max Holloway Volkanovski rematch, the, the morning after I listened to that podcast, uh, and Leon Edwards versus Usman as well. Um, and what I got from those was that it was it was a technical issue that won the fight. It was down came down to technique, uh, uh, not uh, not technique, a, a tactic. Sorry, tactical issue, not a technical issue, a tactical issue that won. And well, maybe a technical issue, uh, especially well in both of those cases, absolutely technical issue. But also in uh, look, when I was looking at the Oliveira Makachev one, it was definitely a technical issue. But I do think it is more tactical based on the technique in rematches more so than anything else because you've seen the person, you felt it, you know the way they fight. Somewhat. Now, there are adjustments on both sides at times, but I am just fascinated by those tactical adjustments, right? And I think the we will get into the mental side of it, but the mental side of those tactical adjustments is also fascinating because it's 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 a kind of a do you stick or twist type of thing, right? So I'll give you the example of, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, but the Holloway 
Volkanovski the final fight those fights were all very different like Holloway had some very good moments in some of the fights you know some people thought he won you know at least one of the fights if not two but in the the final fight there was no doubt about it Volkanovski obviously won it and in my uh, listening back to the podcast where I talked about it and, and remembering the fight it was because Holloway tried to fight Volkanovski at his game he tried to take him on where he was best at thinking okay he's beaten me there before the judges are not giving me the cards when I fight my way so I'm going to have to fight his way and beat him there he did that and then got absolutely destroyed because he's fighting Volkanovski in his game you look at that and you look at say the the Leon Edwards versus uh, Usman fight and I think it, it was a very similar fight to the first one but that was I think a mental and tactical move by Usman to be maybe a little bit more careful and in a, a mental thing by Edwards to actually have you know he he got taken down a couple of times but he kept popping back up and popping back up and popping back up and maybe that's a technical thing from the first fight knowing what the, how the takedowns are and knowing what it's like and being able to get back up because of it but it's also probably a tactical thing that like okay I'm gonna let him do that but I know once I get to this position I'm gonna have an underhook or I'm gonna have an overhook or whatever it might be and I'm gonna pop back up and I let him take me down but I'm getting back up a technical tactical adjustment to win the fight so with that said and this is a very, very, very open-ended question. But what, in your opinion, having watched a load of rematches over the last while, is the best thing to do? Do you make big, wide-ranging adjustments? Or is it just the little things? Is it sticking to your game plan, knowing that your fundamentals are good, adjusting something small, almost in the hope that your opponent does something big, akin to Holloway did, and they kind of just play into your hands? What way, what way do you see that? Obviously, it's a very open-ended and start to maybe a discussion there. But what's your thoughts on it? So I think there is, there's just one small contextual addition I'll make. I think that tactical adjustments happen at the elite level. I think that when we look at Oliveira versus Makachev, I think that the technique imbalance is so wide that... If we were to have seen Oliveira versus Makachev, Oliveira was going to need to adjust both technically and tactically, whereas Makachev could essentially look to rinse and repeat, right? He didn't necessarily have to worry about sticking or twisting because of how dominant the first fight was for him. With Alexander Volkanovsky, Islam Makachev has to think, well, at the end of the last fight, I was gassed. I wasn't able to scramble. I wasn't able to wrestle in the way that I have been able to wrestle in all of the other performances I've had in MMA. I was on bottom. I was losing that round or that portion of the round, those last sort of minute and a half, minute 45 seconds. And I wasn't able to hold this man down for long, significant periods of time, right? There was the back attack, but nothing happened, right? So whatever. But for Volkanovsky, and this that to me is a really interesting mental perspective because that, and there's, there's this beautiful golden triangle happening, right? There's the physical changes that influence the tactical changes, that influence the mental changes and vice versa. And so for, in this specific rematch for Islam Makachev, he has to question, was my cardio good enough the first time? 
did I try to expend too much energy in trying to hold Alexander Volkanovsky down? Do I then say, okay, well, instead of trying to expend energy holding him down, I'm going to let him rise because I know he will. And I'm going to try and put him in a washing machine of just continuously taking him down a la Colby Covington, Robbie Lawler. Am I going to want to trade with him in the pocket like I did do? Am I going to be more aware of the reverse Z guard sweeps, the far lat grips to get up, the butterfly hook sweeps in order to create space, the forward shifting? Am I going to be more aware of those things? Because we have to think from Volkanovsky's side, he hasn't had Craig Jones for 12 weeks in this. He hasn't had the the brand new ideas and brand new information that somebody that's so intrinsically attached to pure grappling will bring into the camp. That's not to say Volkanovsky doesn't have the innovations from an MMA perspective in his own camp. I'm absolutely sure he does. But there is a very, very large difference between Craig, for instance, going away, analyzing that first match, coming back and saying, right, we've got 12 weeks and this is what I saw and this is what we're going to improve on. And then whatever the the fruits of those labors are, come out. The other interesting wrinkle, I think, that sort of hinders potentially Volkanovsky, but also potentially um, uh, rewards him, is his incremental achievements or progressions in grappling are going to be so much faster than Islam Makachev's, who is a guy that has wrestled his entire life. There is very little that you're going to show. Let's say Khabib, I know that he's not necessarily coaching or a prominent figure as much anymore, but there's not much that Khabib or anyone else is going to show Islam Makachev from a grappling perspective that he hasn't seen before. There's very little. And so that to me raises a doubt in Islam Makachev's mind from his tactical and tactical approach to the grappling. Because you had a guy that has seen all of the things and still couldn't hold him down. Fine. For Alexander Volkanovsky, he is going to be seeing things. He is going to be shown things that he's either never seen before or he hasn't had significant mat time with. And so the beauty, the real beauty of this fight, at least to me, is both guys are staring at each other with two loaded pistols. But nobody knows how many bullets are in there. Nobody knows what chamber they're in. And nobody knows which one's going to pull the trigger first in order to force the other to make an adjustment. And I have absolutely no idea what we are going to see. I can make uh, I can make a profession, right? I can say what I think Islamakachev should do or I think Alexander Volkanovsky should do, but I have absolutely no idea how it's going to play out. That was one of the points I wanted to touch on too, right? And not even about this specific rematch, but like who's going to win the rematch? Is almost a question we ask. And why are they going to win the rematch? And I like, I think there are a few prevailing wisdoms, right? The one of which is right. Who do you think is going to win the rematch? Right. And, and that's a very easy thing to say, but like based on the first fight, based on like, who's the younger up and coming guy against maybe the old champion, if he's just after beating him, like who's going to win that rematch. Now, this is obviously a very different example because both are prime champions right now. Right. Okay. And maybe you'll say, look, Vulcan obviously is taking on Charnotas, so Makachev will win. And if that's your prevailing reason, no problem. But this is a bad example for what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the art of the rematch, but like, here's a few examples, right? Pina Nunes, right, after that fight, you're thinking, who's going to win that rematch? The prevailing wisdom there to me was, well, Pina, uh, Pina had a good night, Nunes had the worst night of her career, it's probably not going to be as bad again, even if she isn't the fighter she once was, she's probably going to win the rematch. She did, right? Um, I That doesn't always work out, right? So the the 
Usman uh, Edwards ta- talk. Now, there was kind of two trends of talk going in there. One was that uh, Edwards would improve and he would now maybe win more clearly after the first fight. Like he was losing and he got that big, massive knockout herd around the world. It was unlikely that that would happen again. And, uh, you know, from one side of it, one side of it was uh, Edwards would improve and win. The other side of it was he probably won't knock him out again. Usman will do the same thing and win. And one of those things happened and the other one didn't. Edwards did improve. Usman probably wasn't exactly the same. And he went in there and won, right? So one of the prevailing wisdoms did win. Now, the prevailing wisdom isn't always uh, <laughs> obvious. And maybe to say that there's two prevailing wisdoms is a contradiction in terms. But even to say the Valentina Shevchenko won, right? And she should have won the fight only for a, an errant scorecard. It was like, right, Grasso's obviously better than maybe people thought um, Versus Shevchenko. I think everyone thought she was a good fighter, but when put up against Shevchenko. Um, and maybe Shevchenko can kind of turn around in the next one. And she did. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, she, she won that fight. Um, and I just wonder, right? So some, And there's other fights, right? Let, let's say, I don't know, who's a, a, a long-reigning champion at the moment. John Jones, right? Let's say John Jones fights Gilton Almeida in six months. And Almeida just goes in there and he jabs the face off him. He takes him down. He destroys him on the ground, right? And they fight again. Everyone will be picking Almeida to win that, right? Because they'll say, ah, John Jones only had 90 seconds against Ganya. You know, he knocked out Steve in a minute. Let's look into the future. He's only like he's only had three minutes of heavyweight. He's been out for fucking five years. Almeida's the coming guy. He's the young up and comer. The prevailing wisdom in going into that would be that Almeida will win, and it'll probably be right. Right? It'll probably be right. So, what have you learned from rematches down through the years? Right? Like, and it's 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 a weird thing to say the prevailing wisdom, right? Because the prevailing wisdom could be. Grasso is the new young up-and-comer, but I just said Shashinko was the favourite to win <laughs> coming in, right? Is there, is there just the feel? Is there like the, oh, well, that shouldn't happen. It's going to reverse its course. It doesn't always work that way. But in my mind, right, in my mind, it actually, it usually does work that way. Like if it's a big feel one, like if it's, if it's a massive one, like, um, like a, a Dillashaw beating a Barrow or something like that. It's a, oh, this guy's just a new level. Whereas like new, uh, uh, Pena Nunes doesn't feel like a new level. Grasso Shashinko did feel like a close one, but also it was a finish, you know, kind of an unlucky one. Shashinko was winning the fight. What's your opinion on that? What's your opinion on picking rematches? And I think uh, what all I've just said is it's kind of kind of still hard, isn't it? <laughs> like, like picking all MMA fighters. So I think it entirely depends is the answer, right? Like, I'd say there are a couple of categories. The first one is when you have a long reigning champion, like um, like Shevchenko was, for instance, or like a John Jones, they're a long ranging, long reigning champion for a reason. Isla Disonia the same. They are a long reigning champion for a reason. Primarily that reason is because they're the best in the division by a long way, and they've turned away a number of different contenders that have a number of different styles. So then we, as the colloquial we, the the fan base and and a portion of the media will start pulling out words like pound for pound great and divisional all-timer and all this garbage and nonsense, right? But we forget, I think, that 
each fight is different. If we look at Matsara GSP, lightning in a bottle the first time, what happened the second time? It was not the same thing by any stretch of the imagination. We look at Alexander, um, Alexander Volkanovsky, Max Holloway, right? First and second fights, close, very close fights. Third round, third fight, Alexander Volkanovsky came in and just decimated one of the best fighters we've seen at 145. Absolutely washed him. Fine. Shoshenko and Grasso. There are so many variables in that. Crazy scorecards, Valentina growing old in her mixed martial arts career, Valentina having injuries in the first round, Grasso finding lightning in a bottle in that, in that fifth round of the first fight. There's just so many variables that go into each and every one. We've already talked about some of the variables in Moreno Figueredo. But I think that the general category that I'll go with is you get like a shock upset, which is GSP Sarah, for instance. You get a Israel Adesanya versus Alex Bahia, which is Alex Bahia is an elite level striker. And Israel Adesanya is an elite level striker. And they came into an MMA cage and did some striking, right? And so it was not out of the realm of possibility in any stretch of the imagination going in that if they just did striking, that Alex Bahia could win that fight. And he did, right? In the preview shows leading up to it, we said if Israel Adesanya chooses to make this an MMA fight, he should win handy because he's been training in MMA for a significant amount of time. And so the skill acquisition should be vastly higher than Alex Bahia. He didn't. He chose to make it a striking battle. Fine. And he loses. The second fight, the same thing happened. And so the odds can be tipped either way. And then I think there is the other where you have two fighters that, that and I'll go back to Volkanovski and, and Max. In that first fight, the very first one, that was an absolutely a 50-50 fight. And coming in again, this Makasha versus Volkanovski, the first time we talked about this, we talked about it as if it was a 50-50 fight. And whilst I think, given the fact that Makachev has had a full camp and Alexander Volkanovsky hasn't, Volkanovsky's coming off surgery and all these things, I think it's hard to say this is a 50-50 fight just because of, as you've said, the physical nature of this rematch and the variables that we have to take into account when we're talking about it. But uh, I, I've said all of that to say one thing, and that's I haven't got a fucking clue how you pick rematches, really. Like, I agree with you that there is a prevailing wisdom that the first person that wins generally should win the second time. But there are so many instances where that not even that's true, you know? What I, I haven't thought about this in a, during this chat, I think... I, I think calmness is probably the best thing that you could have going from one fight to the next fight right and what i mean by that is if it's let, let's say it's a, okay it, it, the Oliveira mccatcha fight if that had happened you you use the word washed earlier he got washed in that fight something massive would have to have happened right this fight we actually have very close fight right nothing big has to happen the the Holloway fights, the Figueredo uh, Moreno fights, uh, apart from the last Holloway fight, all very close fights. Yeah, well, not all very close fights, but close fights. Don't change much. Don't go too mad, right? Don't. Uh, and so the three the three parts, right? Physical. That's harder to control, but if you can stay physically the same, perfect. Tactically, don't you know? Take the Jose Mourinho approach, right? Don't go mad, don't go crazy Let's do what we did the first time With a little few adjustments That might make things better, right? And that, you said it before They're like a triangle It leads in to the mental side Because if you get the two of them down pat You're physically good coming in 
you're tactically set and you're like you're tactically sure like you're like okay we're just gonna do this this is what we're gonna do not a big deal not a big adjustment the best thing i can do here is be calm believe in what i did the first time even if i lost do it again do it a little bit better and win and that mental side is huge right because you see people all the time going into uh, gunning against people they once fought, right? Especially if they've been knocked out, and they don't beforehand. They're like they don't say much, but after they're all like, "I I was afraid I was going to get knocked out again. I was afraid the same thing was. I'm not afraid is the wrong word, but you get what I mean. I was, you know, I was. I thought it was going to happen again. I was worried about it. It was going to happen again. But you, as a fighter, you have to fool yourself. You have to believe that's not going to happen. But you have to do it with some assurance. I think Bisping was a great man at doing that. And he's a great example because, you know, the Dan Henderson fight where he got knocked out and then he found me and almost got knocked out and won the fight. A great example of it and a great example of a rematch where the mental side of it is absolutely massive. Another example where the mental side of it was massive, I think, is that Usman Edwards fight where it went against him, I think. Now, there's physical parts of that as well. I think Usman is a shadow of himself physically. But look at the Adesanya fights. The first fight Ades- uh, between Adesanya in, and um, and Pereira, I think Adesanya lost it because of his mentality. The second fight, I think he won it because of his mentality. You know, And that is a massive, massive, massive part. I just want to... And, and, from that let's transition and we, we'll close it out by talking a little bit more about Makachev and uh and Volkanovsky I think if the two of these were to match up right and it was just a normal fight and they had three months of preparation I actually think from all three points I think they'd both be phys- physically good I think they'd both be tactically good and both make little bits of adjustments and we'd see who would win. But I also think the mental side, the two of these seem to be very good mentally. Especially Volkanovski, I would say. We Makachev, he hasn't really been massively tested. When he was in that Volkanovski fight, there was there was a, a little bit of a question. He still went and he won the fight and he probably won it you know, more decisively than even I said at the time and maybe others as well. But I think it would be that. How do, Harry, does that short notice change the mental part? And we'll get to that first, and then we'll talk about maybe any, any more tactical things that we want to talk about. But the mental part of that short notice, I know we kind of started off with that, but how does that play into everything else? No idea. We're going to have to wait and see, because it could be, right? I mean, look, put it this way. Volkanovski didn't have to take this fight, right? He could have said, sure, look, I've been booked or rumoured to be booked against Taporia in Toronto at the start of next year. I'm going to heal up this elbow. I'll go and smash Taporia. And then me and Makachev can do the thing that we said we were going to do previously. He could have said that and the UFC would have had very little complaints. Gamrot would have been flown in and Gamrot probably goes and, and, and fights Islam Makachev. So that tells you something about where Alexander Volkanovsky thinks he is physically, one, mentally, two, and three, tactically. Because one of the points, I think, just to stress what you said about calmness, I think that fighters that are going into rematches, you have to look at the previous fight with no ego. And you have to take the lessons learned for good and for bad, and then go in and treat it as another fight with as if you've sparred with the guy before. 
that you've got a little bit of learning on him. You've got a little bit of, you, you certainly know how his aura feels as a human. You know what strength he feels like. Is he very strong? Is he less strong than you thought? Is he a bit more explosive than you thought? A little bit less explosive than you thought? Are the footwork patterns a little bit different than what you expected when you watched tape on him and all of these sorts of things. But they are different fights. And I suspect coming in here, the mentality for Volkanovski is, if I lose, I lose. Like I've taken this on two weeks notice. And whilst the MMA community will in the interim, certainly favor that decision. Should he lose? I think long standing as, and when this trilogy does because if he loses, there's definitely a third fight. Like there's almost certainly a third fight somewhere down, down the line that is not remembered fondly by the MMA media. But this I think says everything about, to your point, the mentality of the short notice. Alexander Volkanovsky says, well, sure, look, I haven't sat on my laurels here. I have gone and I've watched that fight. I've analyzed that fight. And if I went, if and when I get that fight back, I'm going to do this, this, and this differently. Well, now's his chance. Like Now's his chance. And he's not got to worry about weight cutting as much as if it was a 145 short notice, which obviously wouldn't happen as he's the champion. But he can come in here and he may have a wealth of preparation mentally for what's going to happen and what he wants to achieve in this, in this next rematch. For Islam Bakachev, the question is, like you've said, he's been prepping for Charles Oliveira the entire time, which is an entirely different matchup, an entirely different matchup. So how has, has Islam Bakachev been spitting his mind to say, well, I'm probably going to have Charles Oliveira next, but if, if and when this rematch happens, what I'm going to be doing to Alexander Volkanovsky is X. I would imagine... The answer is probably not like, because he beats Alexander Volkanovsky and he's then saying, okay, well, Volkanovsky is going to go and do another fight at 145. That fight's nine months away. I haven't got to worry about that right now. I've got to worry about whoever it is at 155. Whereas Volkanovsky strikes me as a man that can't let that go. That, that fight keeps him up at night and that fight ruminates in him and fuck, I should have, I should have gone left when I went right, or I should have really gripped that lat grip a bit. Like all of these individual things will have fed into Volkanovsky. My question is nothing to do with the, the mentality of Volkanovsky, maybe a portion of, of, of tactical questions. My portion, my questions are he ran Makachev physically so close in that first fight and then managed to overcome Makachev physically in the last, last, last embers of that fight. Can he do the same thing post-surgery without a training camp? No idea. Very interesting. And I think I've heard um, my guys over in the second captain's podcast, they talk about scoreboard journalism, right? And we, and not just scoreboard journalism, but we, we, we scoreboard analysis. I suppose we do that an awful lot. Like, the Edwards uh, Usman one is that you, you know you, the way you talk about uh, how fights to be remembered. I scored that fight a draw, right? And I'm on here talking about how Edwards was just better and he was a better fighter. And I scored three rounds for Usman. There was a point taken. Like <laughs> that, it's funny. And the other side of that as well is, uh, Volkanovski has been doing nothing probably but thinking about that fight see, as uh, as fireworks go off behind me. I had nothing there. Um, Volkanovski's been probably doing nothing but thinking about that, rewatching it, analyzing how could I, how could it be better next time. Whereas Makachev is probably like, oh, I won that. Closed the door, walked away from it. Now that's probably a bit simplistic for me to say. People do go back and they, they do learn, but 
if we're, to, if we're really like what keeps you up at night, as you said, like Volkanovski, that fight is, I bet you it's kept him up at night, but it probably hasn't kept Makachev up at night. What's, what's the better side of that? Right? Who's the guy who's going to improve more because of that? You'd almost say the one who lost is, right? Now, that's not, uh, maybe that's me coming from a negative point of view in terms of like the negativity uh, fuels you better than the positivity, which isn't always the case and depending on who you are. But I think that's, I think that's very interesting. I'm a bit sad, Harry, that it's on short notice and that we can't discuss this normally. Like, we can't discuss this like, oh, we've, it's pure tactics. But, last thing I want to do I just want to throw it over to you right and you we can end the podcast by you telling us what won the first fight and how that might change in the second fight now strap in folks this could be a 45 minute answer here but take it away one man boot by Harry Powell (laughs) I just readjusted myself in my seat and I'm going to do it a second time what won the first fight I don't think we've got enough time but what won the first fight was was a number of things it was the fluidity in which Islam Makachev was able to move between striking realms and grappling realms. It was the fluidity that he was willing to engage with Alexander Volkanovsky, sell him pocket exchanges and then not be there and land counters. It was his ability to be dogged in the wrestling approaches. It was his ability to lay traps and, and hold bait for Alexander Volkanovsky in the range situations because Volkanovsky was so defensively aware that the takedown was coming. Now, I think that what what could have happened and probably should have happened in that fight to make it more of a drastic win for Islam Makhachev was when he took his back, I think it was the third round, when he took Volkanovsky's back in the third or the second, whatever it was, there should have been more. I really feel like Islam mentally drained himself in that situation because there was doubt in his actions. If he felt like he had that body triangle locked, he was on the underhook side and his head was connected to the mat and to the the, the underside of Volkanovsky's head, he should have been searching for chokes. He should have been landing shots. He should have been working far, far harder. And my read of that specific, I know we're asking what won the fight, but my read there is that there was a mental falter in that immediate moment. Islam Makachev knew he had to rest. He knew he couldn't keep the pace up that had happened in the first two rounds for another five. And so he worked extremely hard to get to the back. And when he got to the back, he rested. And so I think that if I were to just flip this slightly and say, what what do I expect coming in from an Alexander Volkanovsky? And I actually echo your thoughts entirely that it's a real shame we don't get this when we've both had six to eight week camps, because if they do, I think it's a far, far, far more intriguing fight. But Volkanovsky can believe in the pace. He can believe, because at the end of that fifth round, um, of course he was tired, but he was nowhere near as spent as Makachev. And one of the things that is currently the meta in sport grappling is instead of just wading on into somebody's half guard or close guard or whatever, and just working to pass them, the new meta is to exhaust your partner. If you've got a 10 or 15 minute match, you exhaust your partner in nine minutes, 10 minutes, and then you absolutely slaughter them. And I think that if I'm Alexander Volkanovsky, one of the things I'm trying to do with Makachev is employ some of exactly the same things that I did in the last one. If the takedown comes, allow it. Don't fight so hard that we're spending energy on stopping the takedown. 
understand that he is a better takedown artist than you are, but use the the beats in between when your hips are up and when your hips hit the mat to utilize changing of grips and changing of angles to get yourself up. And for Makachev, I think the opposite has to happen. You have to keep Volkanovsky in a cycle of constantly having to chase whether his hips are going to drop. And when they do drop, as soon as he starts to build, immediately run an angle change, a grip change, and walk towards another takedown. It's it's almost like that Usman Edwards fight where like yeah. Usman probably got more takedowns in the second fight than he did in the first fight. But the fact that he wasn't able to keep him down was a big part of it. So if you let him take you down while getting prepared to get back up, give yourself a better, you, you know, in uh, there's a rugby world cup that's going on at the moment. When there's a line out in the middle of the field, they both jump up and try to catch the line out. When there's a line out right on the line, the defensive team don't jump. They just wait, prepare for the other team to fall and then push them back. That's almost what you need to do. It's a tactical, like it's, it's giving up one immediately offensive maneuver to prepare yourself for a one five ten seconds later and I, that's a very interesting I, I hadn't thought about that but that is a very interesting thing like because if you can do that you have to make him a favor to win the fight right because I, I went back as I said and I listened to some of the podcasts and I listened to this was before funnily enough before the, the fight was cancelled and I listened back to my analysis after the Oliveira Makacha fight and I said Makachev was just so much better than Oliveira. I cannot see him ever beating him if they were to rematch. But I think Makachev is beatable. And how is he beatable? He's beatable, and this is verbatim what I said, by a guy with really good takedown defense who's a better striker than him. And can Volkanovsky be that? You know? He almost was that the first time out. Almost. Mm -hmm. Can he be that the second time that is the question we need to ask ourselves coming into Saturday night and uh, maybe we'll find out. Harry, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you to everybody for listening. Find Harry at BJJ underscore Harry Powell on Twitter. Find all his stuff on SevereMMA.com and the Severe MMA YouTube as well. Check out the Severe Spotlight every Monday analyzing the best prospect from the weekend in mixed martial arts. Thank you, Harry, for joining me. Thank you to everybody for listening. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com and I'll see you all next time.